Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. Doc, talk, talk to me. Where, where are we? We are, uh, we are currently in the middle of Irvine at a little establishment that is now a shell station, but used to be known as Campus Gas. Uh, it was, uh, it was a great job in like from the late 80s to the early 90s. There was a few of us in the scene that worked here. Um, it was, it was a quite a, quite Didn't a good... Popeye's brother, wasn't he the guy that kind of hired all you guys or no? So what happened was, uh, the, the, the original setup was Jay, Popeye's brother, uh, got a job here as the manager. Uh, I was out of high school and between jobs. So he hired me as the assistant manager as I was the only one of us out of high school at the time. Um, then immediately after Mike, Popeye came on board. Once, once Mike got on board, uh, we had Brian Goodson, Jeff Goodson, Paul Simon, Brian Chu, Keith McCullough, Mark Lee, John Lee, Ryan Lee, and I think that's all of the, I think that's the majority. I, I could be leaving a couple people out, but that was, I mean, that was the core of the crew was- Hayworth Brothers never worked here. The Hayworth here. Brothers never worked here, but the beauty of this place was the Hayworths and Mark Lee lived and right over there. Brian Chu lived over that way. Um, I lived over that way. Oh, there was another kid, Chris Bown, uh, who, his, his, he was into it for a while and then his younger brothers wound up um, getting getting into the scene and I believe that's how that's how Steve Aoki got introduced to Far Side was through Chris Bound's brother. So Chris Bound has two brothers, Gabe. Yeah, yeah, twin brothers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so and then they like I never knew that there was an older one. I just knew with the Bound brothers. I never knew that there I was, was friends with the older one, mm -hmm. which is how I think the twins got involved with hardcore was through was through Chris and his record collection that I had kind of like the mixtapes that I was making him and then at one point um, the twins and then they brought some some dude over uh, some guy named Steve over to my house to buy a bunch of old vinyl um, and I remember and then it turned out it was Steve Ioki and you know I mean he became Steve Ioki later or I, I mean you know whatever uh, <laughs> but I know he bought like token token entry albums from me and a couple of like youth of the days and when i when i wound up selling off my record collection he bought a whole bunch of it um but yeah so we we all worked here at some point and you know it's like half of the people lived right here in the neighborhood 
Uh, the other half lived on the other side, so this was a great meeting point for going to shows. At the time, there's a lot more parking stripes than there were when I worked here. But um, yeah, this is like a legitimate gas station now. At the time, it was just kind of, there was nothing but like- Was everything over there? Why do I remember it was sort of back here? Or no, 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 no. this no. is the placement, but there was a big berm that went around the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So you could, if you were here, it was, you know, you were in it, but you couldn't see it from the outside and none of the, none of the UCI housing was here. I mean, it was, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. And so uh, this was a good place to park your cars. And then we'd all meet up in caravan or carpool to the country club or fenders or, you know, spankies or whatever got off. Of Leaving your cars going. in this parking lot. Oh yeah. We'd leave. I mean, and, be, and then well, you guys ran the place. We so, ran but the place. No, but nobody cared. Was, and nobody was coming in here because you couldn't see it from the street. It was a big berm and a wall. So nobody really knew we were here. Nobody came here. Um, and truth be told for a while, uh, Mike's Corvette summer, uh, pickup truck that he had in the beginning phases of Farside, like one of his first cars to break down, broke <laughs> down right here. And uh, so that was parked here for several weeks, maybe a month. I don't know. There was a, at some point I wound up living in it for a couple of days. Uh, it was, it was an awesome uh, like orange and brown and yellow racing stripe. I mean, it was right out of the movie Corvette summer. It was, it was a, it was a, piece of machinery man and it was right over there right over there in that in that kind of area that that, that you talked rob hayworth and hey you know why don't you contact popeye yes so when we worked here there's all these uh vending machines and whatnot and those weren't here it was just the pumps and that one little booth and so i was working um my shifts were typically sunday night closing shift and then monday morning opening shift and uh i believe it was a sunday night uh Rob was coming back from band practice with Bob and Josh Stanton and uh, Rob. Did they have any kind of singer or no? They did not at that time. It was just the three of them and, and Rob was trying to put something together and, you know, uh, it was kind of a uh, work in progress. They had only had a couple of practices and just kind of gotten, I think, gotten to know each other as far as how music, their music worked and stuff. And uh, so he stopped here on his way home because like I said he only moved, lived a couple miles up the street and I probably gave him free gas or something because that tended to happen once in a while um and uh could guys walk in and just eat anything like if you knew the guy there wasn't anything to eat oh, oh okay we literally, we, had, we literally it was a booth with it with a toilet in the back that was and I'm sure it's still there and gross um and then a vending machine that had orange soda and uh and that was in the back that wasn't even in uh, I mean, it wasn't where you could see it from the booth, um, but you know, we had, so this was, it was, it was before the pay first day or it was, you would pump your gas before you paid for it. And so we had, uh, it's amazing that things used to be that way. Yeah. And we had a credit card machine that you had to like chink, chink, you know, like <laughs> back and forth with it. But, uh, and so, you know, every once in a while, somebody would come in and get a, get a couple gallons of gas and then they go home and. I, you know, we would just, we had these empty slips, we called them run out slips, and we would just say like, oh, guy came, pumped gas and left, he ran out on us. And so, uh, and so we would, we would just do like a run out slip, you know, whoever it was, you know, Rob or, you know, Chris or whoever came by, oh, so-and-so, and it was always a white lowered 
mini truck with one of those horseshoe uh, TV antennas. That was uh, an everyday. So, so anyway, so Rob came by, probably got a couple gallons of gas, whatever, stopped and, you know, said hi to whoever was working here because it was always somebody that we knew. And uh, he was talking about this band that he was forming. And at that point, uh, Popeye and I, had, uh, we'd been in a band. Um, that that band was? That band was an embarrassment, but it was called Bottom Line. And uh, it was me and him and Darren and a guy named Chris King. And, uh, and we had broken up. Darren and I had moved on to Yuck Mouth. Popeye was just getting over... Uh, uh, Borderline? No, he wasn't in... Uh, yeah, he was just getting out of Borderline. I guess he was in Borderline or... I don't know where that came in. I know that was before Farside. Uh, I think he was playing guitar in Borderline, and um, and he had just gotten over mono or something because he had just it was in a senior year of high school. That summer he got mono, um, and so uh, Rob was talking about like we need to find a singer, and uh, and I said yeah man you need to talk to Papa and he's like no dude I don't want anybody that yells I want somebody that can actually sing and carry a tune which meant I was out. Um, and so, uh, and I'm like, dude, you got to talk to Mike, man. Like the guy can write. I mean, when we were in bottom line, he was writing stuff that was way more advanced than the rest of us. He was writing stuff that I couldn't sing. He was singing stuff that I couldn't sing. Um, then he went to borderline for like, you know, 20 minutes or so played guitar, but I don't think they ever used him for singing in that. Uh, and so I convinced Rob to give him a shot to tr at least try out. I'm like, you got to talk to Mike you've got to at least give him a shot. And so he finally let, uh, he finally gave Popeye a shot at, uh, at trying out for the band. And then, you know, I guess through default, they never told him no. So he became the singer in Farside and, <laughs> and, there, and there's that story. So, Albums and years later. Yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah. Decades later. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's still singing those songs that, and, uh, and lasted longer than everybody else but Bob and the band, you know? And so, um, yeah, and then the runout. So here's another fun story about the runout slips. Uh, is, uh, again, you could, because you could pump the gas first, and then if somebody left, then, you know, we'd write a runout slip. And it was, like I said, it was always, unless we actually saw the guy that did it, it was always a white lowered mini truck with a with a horseshoe antenna like the tv <laughs> antenna from from crocodile dundee and uh and so one of the beauties of campus gas is in that is right across the way uh was this pizza place chicago chicago pizza that still arguably is one of the best pizza places i've ever had and uh and so i think the morning shift was six to ten and I think it was usually like I would work the morning shift or Brian Goodson would work the morning shift and then I'd come in for second shift or Jeff Goodson would come in for second shift, whatever it was. So whoever worked the morning shift would hang out, burn an hour for overtime in, in theory, uh, uh, you know, clean some stuff up until it was 11 when Chicago, Chicago pizza would open up. And then there would be a run out uh, of a white mini truck uh, for $10.76. And then at 11.30, they'd walk the pizza over. And then, so the morning shift and the middle shift would have a pizza on a run out. <laughs> then three, four hours later, there would be another run out of a white lowered mini truck. 
and then they'd walk another pizza over and we would wind up eating like the first shift would have pizza with the second shift the second shift would have pizza with the third shift the third shift would have pizza with the fourth shift so we would have i mean on your average day we'd have two to four pizzas delivered over here at any given time and uh, this and no one ever said anything no one ever said hey you know can someone keep an eye on this white lowered mini truck so so that story came up when I was playing golf with Jay about a year and a half ago. And I'm like, yeah, man, I mean, we got so many free pizzas and you know, that white Lord. And he's like, wait a second. I, I always was confused. Like, why weren't you guys, when you saw the dude with the white truck come in, like, why didn't you stop him from pumping gas? So Popeye's what? brother wasn't in he, on it. He wasn't in on it and he never figured it out after, you know, I mean, which seems ridiculous, but after like three pizzas a day, every day for like two years he never even it never crossed his mind that it was it was us just writing tickets for free pizza i mean it was it was it was amazing it was uh yeah so and he was just like i mean i was i remember it was like the, the middle of his backswing when he figured it out and he was just like wait a second what oh no man yeah because it was you know he had to write it off and talk to you know the owner never mentioned it because he wasn't really participating so we kind of had, we had a longer leash than we probably should have at, at 18, 19 years old. And, you know, I mean, it was the only place in town that was hiring bald hooligans, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was the only place that you could get like Keith McCullough, Brian Chu, Paul Simon, me, like all like, oh yeah, let's all have them work for us. It was right, yeah, right. It, was, it was amazing. And then uni high school is just like, maybe a mile down the street that way um and so you know they would get off of high school and come over because they were all still in high school at the time and so then they would all come down here and uh you know like skateboard over after work and relieve jeff goodson or brian goodson because we were at orange coast college so we had more flexible schedules and then uh and then you know they they'd clock in and order a pizza and uh and that was yeah, that's that's how we lived. For is that what you meant when you said pie boys? Is that what, is that what, or is that something different? Uh, so, again, the late '80s was a weird. You know, there was um, like they had we had uh, in Huntington had the sloth crew, right? And uh, and so we there was another group of people that came up with um, with the Orange County Pie Boys, which was. Uh, um, we were a pizza eating gang and uh, the motto was die for pie and then eventually uh, Will Heflin from uh, Huntington Beach and Jeff Goodson had a uh, had a more violent offshoot Nutter Butter 13 crazy insane cookie gang and uh, and Beatrice I believe it was called and uh, and that was uh, but it, it was all just jokes um, Mainly Which the to, sloth crew was too. Was I too, mean, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it was just an excuse to hang out. And uh, and uh, in Irvine, they thought it was an actual gang. So there was a, there was a gang of kids from Irvine called the Los Sui Psychos Bomb Squad, which is ridiculous in itself. Um, Anyone that you knew or just told Oh, yeah, we all friends. knew each other. We oh, all, gotcha. But, but they would you know they would spray paint and so then we would run by and spray paint after them and like cross their name out and write pie boys 
So they legitimately got mad at us and like thought it was some disrespect thing, which I think was more of a lack of respect thing. <laughs> and, uh, but then the Irvine police eventually, uh, like had gang files on the pie boys and, and the suicidals, which they were trying to actually be gang members. Did they ever talk to you guys, the uh, police? A couple of, oh yeah. Oh, the police, there, in fact, there was one time standing in this very corner um again we would meet up here park the cars and then we would go uh we would go spanky's country club you know whatever show was going on um or just go you know somewhere up bowling alley or something but uh there was one time that a bunch of people went out it was a bunch of the guys from half off and haywire and you know billy and rick and and brian and jeff goodson and a bunch of them and they had all parked here again because it was like the middle ground transferred all the guns into like maybe two or three cars and then headed why out. did they have guns we were going they were going everybody's going shooting out in the desert <laughs> like i was you know i mean every once in a while we would we would just go shooting and like you know shoot vanilla ice records or old tvs or whatever we had on hand that would make noise and 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 pop and so uh and so they came back and were eating pizza again based on a run out from across the street and the police rolled up and uh started asking questions and the next thing you know there was just like like 20 or 25 guns all like laid out on the parking lot and uh and the police went through and looked at every serial number and you know like gave them a whole bunch of shit about that because again they thought it was and it was and that got chalked up i i talked to a cop later later on in life and he was like dude the pie boys they were well armed and you know like they thought it was something legit when it was just i mean all the guns were legit and it was just people eating pizza and like shooting in the desert out off the you know out up in india or somewhere killing a day and so there was some gunplay but having nothing to do with actual having nothing to do with violence yeah, right 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 people shooting 22s at like you know like i said vanilla ice records or whatever was in the 99 cent bucket at pure records so uh and then there was there was a um there was an incident uh another incident uh that was not pie boys related um uh again at uci is right across the street from us and they had the uci bren center that would occasionally have um, there was there was a time that they would occasionally have music, and it wasn't often. Um, but like suicidal tendencies played there one time because they were banned from LA, so they came and played here because it you know was cross county line or whatever. And Sublime so you're played. banned in LA, but come and play Irvine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which all the idiots came down, and you know it was the same thing. It was the same group of people. They just had to drive an extra ten miles. But uh, 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 one of the shows that was there was Sublime was the headliner. That's all I remember. I don't remember who else was was uh, at the show, but um, there was again uh, uh, Brian, Jeff, and I don't remember everybody that was there. And truth be told, I wasn't there. I just remember the story. But uh, it was the Goodson twins, Paul Simon, Mark Lee, Brian Chu, and I think a other couple ancillary, you know younger kids um that were like in their like 14s which i think i think paul simon and chu were only like 16 when they worked here 
Um, I think they needed work permits for here, but uh, but uh, I guess during the Sublime set, there was a couple of the sports types from UCI, the wrestlers or baseball team or whatever, that were like as the 14 year olds were you know running around in a circle, were just laying these kids out, like picked out the bald kids and just laid them out. Remember what year this was? This is probably 1989. Okay. Okay. You know, like, because because 19 this this started like our our version of Campus Gas started it like mid to late 1988, and then I think it wound up by like early 1990 or so. So it was only about a year and a half, two years that that Campus Gas was the place that we hung out. Um, but I remember, so anyway, so that, so these guys were like laying dudes out and, 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 uh, they were knocking over the 15 year olds. And, uh, and so Brian Goodson was pretty good at regulating things every once in a while. And so he walked over and, and told them, you know, like, Hey, don't, you know, you got to cut the shit and stop, stop knocking our people over, like knock our friends over. And, um, and, uh, and so it kind of stopped in the, in the show. And then when the show got out, um, and I believe most of the guys were wearing the same uh, campus gas shirts that we all, I mean, it was our work uniform and everybody had extras at home. So they'd go to shows wearing all the same shirt just to kind of identify each other. And, uh, and so by the end of it, they were walking through the parking lot and this dude and like six or seven of his buddies and the five or six guys that, uh, that were with us, that were all, you know, uh, campus gas related. Uh, you know, the guy, he was probably drunk and started getting tough and started started picking on, you know, like, I don't know, they squared off in, in some fashion. And, uh, and I think he may have made a, from the way I remember the story was he may have made some racial slur to Brian Chu who was like in the front line and Chu tagged him and the two of them kind of squared off, but it created a melee. Like, you know, now there's just Goodson's and Paul Simon, like people flying all, you know, Mark Lee, whatever. They all just kind of went at it. Um, and as soon as that happened, like from everywhere, like all the police lights came on and I guess they had been in the background watching to see what would happen. And then as soon as the lights came on, um, you know, again, a bunch of bald kids, a bunch of kids that went to UCI and were on, in the sports industry there, uh, you know, they looked more favorable at the, at the UCI sports guys until they found out. And, and my favorite part of the story, as I always heard it, was the dude that Brian was going at was like, at the end of it, was just kind of like bent over, huffing and puffing and breathing deep and, you know, trying to get his breath back as he's talking to the cops. And Brian had split his lip from like, you know, his lip to his chin. He had just opened this dude up. And uh, he was like some 20 year old sports guy. And, and I think Brian was 15 or 16 at the time. And that was enough to get the cops were like, dude, you just got your ass tuned up by a 15 year old. Like, and so, and so they, you know, all right, you got, you know, you guys go that way, you guys go that way. And then, then became that was that was another uh, group that it wound up become, uh, 
becoming known as the Campus Gas Brawl Crew. <laughs> and so then, a sub, a subdivision, a subdivision again of the Pie Boys and the Nutter Butters and the Campus Gas Brawl Crew. Again, mostly just to irritate uh, the police. You know, I mean, that wound up getting spray painted around mostly as an irritation of the police and and the and the suicidal gang the local suicidal gang <laughs> there was a bunch of you know irvine kids it was it was all ridiculous completely ridiculous <laughs> <laughs>